Pego. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ferret 64 with me, your host, Yummy the Ferret. I hope everyone is doing fantastic this week, as usual. Um, I hope everyone's doing great. I hope you're having a good day, a good week, a good weekend, whatever, whatever, man. Um, I, I'm having a pretty good week myself, can't complain. Um... Got a lot of we got a few games to talk about today. We got uh, two gaming shows that happened that I'd like to discuss, and we got a good amount of news and and games that are coming soon. So strap in. That's right. Strap in. Put your seatbelt on, and let's ride into the first segment of the show, which is going to be what have I been playing this past week. Now I know what you're thinking. You know, hey, if you said there there were game, there was two gaming shows you wanted to talk about. Why aren't you going to talk about those first? Like you usually do when there's a gaming show, you know, like a Nintendo Direct or whatever. And to that I say, it just I mean the two shows weren't that exciting. You know, they can wait a little bit, but don't worry, we'll talk about them. But first, of course, I gotta talk about. Uh, two two new games that I've been playing, and I do have uh, a f- maybe a couple things to say about some games we finished on stream. So, the first game to talk about, of course, is Cult of the Lamb. It's a game that I've been waiting to to uh, to own for quite some time, and waiting to play for quite some time. You know, ever since it was first revealed, however long ago. Um, you know, the the art style is what kind of drew me in, and you know, originally. And actually leading up to, you know, the actual release of the game, I, I was kind of worried, you know, because I'm not a huge fan of um, roguelite, and I'm also not a huge fan of management, you know, like management simulators, or whatever you want to call them. So when Cult of the Lamb said it was going to be like a, you know, like a roguelite, you know, management kind of game where you build this cult and you manage your cult members and then you go out to the forest and do your crusades to take on enemies in a metro in a in a um a roguelite type of gameplay style i was a little bit off put a little bit you know i was i was like you know what i'm still very excited for this and we'll see you know and i i guess this kind of goes along with like hey you know there's <laughs> it's one of the things that I, I like I never I never stop trying certain genres right if a game has management attached to it a lot of times I will I will stay away from it but I always want to try like these types of off the beaten path games that really interest me even though they may have gameplay elements that I might not like you know last year boyfriend dungeon was one of those games where it's like oh it's a you know it's like a it's like a roguelite dating sim and i enjoyed it and uh it was it was a lot of fun and um call to the lamb is amazing (laughs) i i really have been enjoying my time with it so far i think that uh i'm about 
I'm about five and a half hours in right now, and uh, it's just really captivated me. It's, it's really just been a really fun time, you know, spending time with your cult members and doing all this crazy, like, satanic stuff while also having, like, a cutesy, you know, art style. It's almost like that, um, oh, what was that, what was that show called on YouTube and it was turned into an actual show, Tree, Tree, Treehouse Friends or something like that? Um, I know, I remember the main theme. I don't remember, uh, Happy Tree Friends? Was that what it was called? Yeah, whatever. But that was, that was, it was pretty much a show that was, like, all cartoony. It looked like a, you know, Saturday morning cartoon, and, um, these animal friends would get just completely eviscerated by, by different, in, in different ways, you know, like, their faces would tear off, their arms be cut off, you know, things like that. It's like, it was a very gruesome kind of YouTube, and, Later on, like I said, I think there was like a run on TV or Netflix or something like that, and it was it was brutal. And I kind of liken Cult, Cult of the Lamb to that, where it's like you know it's a very cutesy art style, you know, uh, and you know the characters are drawn all funny and or well cute I should say, and you know the the, the backgrounds and, and and stuff like that in the main area are all you know cutesy, and then and then you go into the chapel, and then you do sacrifice one of your followers, and a giant tentacle comes out and squeezes the life out of them and pulls them under, right? It's stuff like that that you know it, it's kind of jarring because it, it really contrasts the uh, the art style of uh, the more playful art style of the game, um, but. It works really, really well, especially because you know they, you know, the the, the game is tackling this this like satanic kind of cult type thing, um, and you know I think uh, you know if, if 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 not for like the cutesy art style, I think that a few more people might be a little bit more angry about the the game and stuff like that. But let's let's talk about the game itself um, because I think that the gameplay really works well. Uh, with the style that they're going for, you know, it's a rogue light at its core. So you have uh, some basic attacks, and um, you also have like a, a special ability that you can use. Um, and you need to gain fa fa favor or whatever it's called that drops from enemies. Um, that builds up in order for you to use said special ability. So you know, it's it's stuff we've seen before, obviously. So it's nothing like too crazy and out there. I think what really sets Call of the Lamb apart from other rogue lights or games in in a similar style, you know, like Death's Door, apart is the fact that like it's 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 one one it's the art style and two it's how the game presents itself and how everything kind of works. So um, it does also have and I I you know I don't normally like giving this many comparisons to other games um, but it also has a sort of like Binding of Isaac kind of um, uh, style to it as well where you're going to different rooms and you're not sure what the next room is going to hold and you know etc etc it's a lot of random rooms so essentially uh, you have your attack button and you have different weapons that you can use from daggers to slow hitting axes to claws to ex you know a bunch of a bunch of things um, and, th and that's your main attack right and as you uh, you know evolve and grow and and gain uh, experience, uh, you can get different weapons that have different abilities. Like some will poison enemies. Will uh, there's like vampiric vampiric slash type things that that steals health from enemies. And I haven't really seen anything else so far, but um, you know it's one of those things. It's like yeah, it's it's uh 
you know, it 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 does what it does it does what it needs to do. You know, it, it has some really fun weapon combinations, and I haven't gotten the same weapon. I mean, obviously, I've gotten some like the basic weapons over and over again, but you know, there there have been a good amount of special weapons that um, I I haven't seen before. And I, you know, in you can go back through. Uh, like, uh, the first area is called, like, the Dark Woods or something like that, and after you beat the main, uh, boss of that area, you can go back through that area with harder and harder, um, enemies and, and stuff like that, and you can actually keep going as well through that area if you want to. You can actually restart and, and do another time through, and it's gonna be a little bit harder, you know? Um, so that's, that, that's also offers a lot of replayability there, just kind of going back through, uh, the areas and, and, and redoing... Um, or, you know, just having a more of a challenge as you go on. The only thing you need to keep in mind, though, is that your cult does still need you. So if you're gone for multiple days, their faith is going to lower, they're going to be hungry, they're going to be, you know, they might, uh, someone might succumb to an illness and you got to try and heal them, you know, real quick. And, uh, you know, that's where the game's management system starts to, um, uh, starts to show it, it's, it's stuff too, because, you know, it's not every day that you you know you're you're doing a roguelite and you got to go back to your main hub and you got to deal with or you got to keep in mind these different things that could happen right and i think a good illustration of that is like during one of the runs um the main enemy of the area the main boss of the area takes one of your followers and and puts them in in and like forces them to be starving right so now you have this little bit of a time constraint to go through the level um, and it does offer you to kind of keep going too. like, Hey, you can keep going, but your follower may die or he may lose faith because he's starving and then no one's fed him. Right. So it's, that is, is layered on top of it, which I really think is a great idea. And it takes this concept of a roguelite management game and it just kind of like builds on top of itself with its own systems and they all work pretty well together. All things considered. Um, more, more so about the combat, you have your special moves, um, these range from wide sweeping strikes with a magic sword, to raising tentacles from the ground in a straight line, to, uh, throwing poison bombs and stuff in that, and, and like I said, you have to, like, gain a fever, 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 something like that, to, uh, use those attacks, so every enemy you kill, they drop little red orbs, and you take those, and that's your new special move for the day. Or, if, you know, you're able to use that for the special move. I'm, I'm stupid. It's okay, though. It's okay. Uh, and, of course, you have your dodge. And it, it, it's a pretty generous dodge. Um, it, you're pretty much invincible through the entire animation. So, you know, even if, like, an enemy starts their attack, sometimes you're able to roll through it, even if you press your button a little bit too early. Uh, the game is a bit is very forgiving in that aspect. Um, people were saying, like, I don't even know if there's iframes in this game. Yes, there are iframes. Uh, it's, it's not as... It's not as um, punishing as other games that I've played, you know, like... Elden Ring or something like that, where you had to kind of die, time, time your dodge exactly on time. Uh, it is it is a very forgiving dodge roll, and um, there are times when I feel like, yeah, I got hit there. Why did I get hit there? Well, it's usually because my roll didn't last as long that time or something like that, you know. So, you know, and and I will say this, you know, it does have like that binding of Isaac system where you know each heart is is two halves, right? So if you get injured once, it takes away half a heart you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you also have these different hearts that you can obtain. So there's like hearts that are just there for that run. They are green. Um, and there's a similar thing in the Binding of Isaac game. Uh, there's also these ones called like 
death hearts or something like that. And if you get damaged with a death heart on, every enemy on the field will take damage themselves. Um, there's more out there, but I haven't uh, found them yet. I do know that there's more hearts to obtain. And those only last for that run, right? So here's the thing. At the end of your run, you'll go, you know, you'll go back to the hub world and everything will reset. All your tarot cards, which give you special abilities, are gone. Extra health you may have attained, gone. Um, uh, the only thing that you keep is like resources. If you find a follower out in, out in the world, you get the, you, you can convert the follower and, um, money as well. Money also transfers over. So there is a good reason to go out and kind of like, you know, try and get more and more loot, come back, keep your village, your cult up and running. Right. So, um, I'm trying to think of where I should go next. So the management part of the game is, it's it's pretty simple on the surface, but you know it take it does take a lot of work um, to kind of keep these cult members happy. Uh, they have three different meters. There is the faith meter, how much they believe in your cause, right? Uh, there's the hunger meter. If they get too hungry, they'll start dying, you know. And there's also the 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 disease meter. Uh, so you know followers can get sick from eating food that you've created or just. Be, get sick in general um they'll start throwing up you got to clean up the throw up and you also have to put them to bed you know you have to force them to go to bed or else they'll spread the disease around right uh hunger is pretty easy to cure uh you just gotta cook them up some food this uh this is where like the disease and stuff kind of plays a little bit more of a role um essentially uh, you know, each dish kind of has its positives and negatives. So, like, there's a basic grass dish that you can cook, and when you originally start cooking it, there's a 25% chance or whatever that the follower will, will fall to illness, right? Um, and then as you go on, you can get upgrades that will actually negate that, which is nice. But, uh, no, the grass one is the, the lowest tier one. It's the easiest one to make because you just, you know, you whack some grass in, in the world, and boom, you got, like, five grass in your inventory, right? So they, 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 they did a good job of like balancing like, oh yeah, this is the easiest dish to make, but early on it could cause disease or you have one dish that's made out of berries and it has like a, a 25% chance of the follower pooping immediately. And you're going to want to use that poop. That's right. You use poop to fertilize your crops. So if you want to make your own crops, uh, instead of just going out into the world and getting all your food, you can actually, uh, make like a little farm in your area. You can, you have to plant the seed, water it put fertilizer on it, water it again eventually, and you can have your cult members do this for you. You know, you don't have to do it yourself. Um, there's also mining that you have to do. You got to mine for uh, rock to use to build structures. Same thing with wood. You got to cut down trees and, and, and lumber and get, and get lumber, and um, you can create more stuff for your cult to use, like an outhouse and stuff like that. Um, there's like this big shrine in the middle that they will pray to, and that'll give you these little white orbs that level up your, um, one of, oh, what's it called? Fuck. I can't remember what it's called exactly, but essentially it's a, um, the more faith you earn, uh, you can actually per once, once that, once you get like a, a full bar of, of, of faith, you can purchase a new item to be able to craft in, uh, for your you know followers that's how you get like the burial pit or the missionary hub or the farmland you know you have to you have to level that up a little bit 
Um, so yeah, there's other things that you can make, like the, like I said, the missionary, t- uh, building, um, it'll send out a follower to get resources for you. And there's a, there's a chance that they might die along the way. You know, you never know. Um, there's also things like, um, lumber mills and quarries that you can create to, you know, when, when, when all the natural resources in the area are gone, you can build those to, to, to keep getting supplies. Uh, so you can build a bunch of those. Um, there's a refinement area that will turn your supplies into uh, better better suited supplies for other things. Uh, there's like a stock that you can get. Um, you can lock the, a naughty cult member in the stockades, <laughs> if, I guess. Um, and then, of course, there's the main chapel hall. And in the main chapel hall, you do sermons, which boosts people's faith. Uh, then you also have rituals, which you unlock through... Um, getting three pieces of a stone tablet and making a new, uh, making a new, uh, like commandment or whatever. And essentially those get, have positive and negative effects on your community. So, um, let's say you get, a you get a commandment that, um, you know, increases worker speed, but they get tired faster or something like that, you know, or maybe the commandment has a ritual attached to it where, you know, the ritual is, you know, a feast and, and people won't be hungry for three days after the feast or something, you know, which can be helpful for if you are going out on a big, a big crusade in, in the wild, you know, you can, you can kind of stay out there for longer than you, you, you usually would be able to simply because, you know, they're all fed for three days. They're fine. Or you can also do one that's like a, a vacation or whatever. You know, every, you know, every everyone just kind of like gets to hang out a little bit. You know, they, they don't have to work for a day, uh, which, of course, stops all your production. But it also, you know, gives people time to or cult members time to rest and stuff like that. So there's a lot of different rituals to obtain and they all kind of have their unique properties and stuff like that. Um, and it's always nice to to do those. And some of them are like sacrifices. Some of them are ascending a, 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 an, an older member uh, to the great beyond, you know. And and what those things do, like sacrificing, you know, sometimes, you know, some some cult, you know, I guess I should say each cult member kind of has their own like um, uh, traits or whatever, you know. So maybe someone, you know, gets 15% less devoted to you when you sacrifice someone. So you got to be extra nice to them for like a day or so, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all really, there's a lot going on, but it's, it's all just really comes natural and it all is really well done. Like I, I haven't found an area of the game that just isn't like that's lacking. You know, I have, I, everything is just so well done and, and easy to pick up and learn. And it's, it's very easy to, to, you know, start your cult and, and keep it going, you know, and as long as you are competent at the game through the, uh, through the the crusades and stuff like that, you'll be able to maintain your cult and, and keep things going. There's other areas you can explore as well as you go through the game. Uh, so one of the newest area, one of the newer areas that I got to recently was a fishing hamlet, and there's these guys inside of a lighthouse who uh, start praising you because you fixed their lighthouse for them. Um, and there's this fish guy who teaches you how to fish. Yes, there's a fishing mini game. And fishing is, uh, it's pretty easy. You know, you just, you just hook, you know, you, you've let your hook fly. And then you to reel it in, you hold down A, and you got to keep the hook in the green space. Uh, if you don't have it in the green space, the fish will escape. And the green space moves up and down. Pretty simple, but pretty effective. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, other than that, uh, you, you'll, you know, through your travels through this roguelite, you know, world, uh, you'll meet different people who will give you things to help you or, or stuff like that. So there's the guy who gives you tarot cards who gives you that, that give you bonuses. Sometimes there'll be extra health and more damage, uh, a special ability attached to your attack, uh, something like that. You know, it'll give you something to aid you in your quest. Um, there's other characters you can meet who will give you an offering of three different items and you have to choose one. So, uh, you know, they'll have three different weapons and, you know, maybe, oh, I want the axe and you're missing out on two other weapons, you know, um, stuff like that. Uh, there's, of course, a, a seller in there. Um, they'll also give you uh, uh, three offers for free and then they'll be able to sell you something, you know, stuff like that. Um, so there's a few things you need to collect in the world, too, uh, other than the tablet pieces and stuff like that. Um, there's uh, decorations you can find that are blue scrolls. You find those. You'll be able to decorate the uh, the your oh man your area. Um, there's also uh, new designs for your followers that you can find in the wild, and those are white. And then you can also find new tarot cards in the wild as well, uh, which of course, like I said, they give you bonuses to to your character through your crusades. And it all is wrapped around this very fun art style, uh, and I I love it. I, I gotta say this, I, I love the game, you know, it, 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 so far it's been a very fast-paced, fun adventure, I'm really enjoying it, um, I've been trying to go through longer and longer crusades, um, and they do, they do stack up in difficulty, you know, you go through, you, you breeze through the first area, and you're like, oh, I can do another round, right, and then you go to the next round, and you lose a couple health, and you're like, okay, I, I still have a good amount of health, might as well go to the third one, and that's where you kind of, you know, die. So what happens when you die, you might be asking? Um, you just get sent back to the hub world, you lose a portion of the resources you've gathered, um, but the nice thing is, you don't have to restart everything from the ground floor, right? Your cult's still there, your members are still there, uh, all, all that's, all that's, all that's all that happens is you lose a bunch of resources and stuff that you've collected. Um, so you do got to kind of be careful, especially when your cult's starting to hurt. You know, like let's say you don't have enough wood and you got to go out and get wood in the Crusades. You know, if, if you die, well, you're going to probably lose more than half the wood you've gathered. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And I put out a, a tweet that said, hey, Cult of the Lamb is better than Elden Ring. And yeah, I, I, I stand by that. I really think it is right now at this point. Um, you know, I, I went back and was playing through my second time of Elden Ring. And, you know, even though it's still fun, it's really it's still really a good game, honestly. I just, I got really bored. And I was like, damn. It wasn't like this when I first played through it, because there was a lot of wonder in the first area, right? But going back through it, you realize how many things are kind of copy-paste, right? You realize how many things, like how many... I've been I've been complaining about this since the beginning of time, but, you know, there's so many repeated bosses in Elden Ring. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, like, how many Crucible Knights do I need to fight today? You know, five? Okay. And there's so many bosses that are just like a normal enemy with a health bar. You know, like, it, it's it's freaking stupid. And in Cult of the Lamb, I don't feel that. You know, you do have some repeated bosses because, you know, the area has like three or four bosses that you fight. 
Um, but they do have variations on them. And, like, you know, the first time you fight a certain boss, they might not have a poison effect on them. But the second, you know, the second or third time you fight them, now they have, like, a, a poison attack. And they ha- and they and they do AoE poison damage and, and stuff like that. And it really does keep you on your toes. And you're never sure exactly which variation or, or how difficult they're going to be, right? Um, contrary to that, I mean, you, you play Elden Ring. And the Crucible Knights are the same every time you fight them. They have two different variances, you know? And it's like, okay. Uh, and you fight, like, 50 of them, you know, in the game itself. And I just, you know, there's, there's, there's... I'm like, I'm not hating on Elden Ring, don't get me wrong. Like, I still really enjoyed the game. But when you're thinking of the game critically, and I do that a lot because it's kind of what I do, I just can't get... I just can't stand behind a game that, that just reuses so many things and i'm not talking about reused assets like animations and stuff like that you know i'm talking about reused area designs enemies uh fucking bosses you know stuff like that and you know i understand that elder ring is this grand you know a hundred hour adventure for a lot of people you know even more for others (coughs) callous (laughs) um but I don't need a huge experience for a game to be good, you know? Like, people are people are praising, you know, this new Xenoblade Chronicles game. And it's like, oh, it's so good. It's like 140 hours to get through the whole thing. And so I'm like, that sounds terrible. <laughs> like, to me personally, I want, I, you know, I like a, I like a tight-knit game, you know? And, and you may, you know, you might have known that from a lot of my game of the years uh, throughout the years, you know? You think about it, uh, Last of Us Part Two is, is a relatively shorter game, you know, compared to Ghost of Tsushima, which also came out that year that I really enjoyed as well. Um, you know, you think about last year's winner, you know, Inscription. It's not a super long game, but it was a super gripping one, and I really, really enjoyed it, you know? It beat out a bunch of tw- AAA games, you know? Um, Steam World Quest. I mean, that was, that was a year where not really much had happened, or not really many games had come out, but I felt like that tight-knit game, card-battling game, was, uh, you know, turn-based card-battling game, was something that I really enjoyed, and I still enjoy to this day. I'll still, I'll still play, play it on the Switch. I don't need a huge experience for a game to be good. Do I, do I, I don't mind a huge experience, but something like Call of the Land that's very tight-knit, it, it does, it knows what it wants to do, it has a bunch of systems working together, and they present it in this colorful and fun way, and it just draws you in, and it drew me in, and I'm really happy that uh, that that I finally got my hands on it, and I finally was able to play it. You know, I I knew when I was at PAX that uh, you know the little snippet of gameplay I played was just the beginning, and seeing what's after that short tutorial section has blown me away ten times over at this point. So if you like the idea of like a management kind of game that has this rogue light element that you have to kind of bad you know kind of switch between you know being the crusader out in the woods killing things to the you know the 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 cult leader and, you know at at in you know in 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 your hub world um if that sounds interesting to you and you think that the art style is cute I I say give it a try you know um, I say definitely give it a try, and I haven't run into any problems myself. I know there was a few people who, you know, I've seen on Twitter and stuff like that, people saying that there's some issues. I'm not sure what version of the game they're using. I mean, I'm on the Steam version, and it seems to be working just fine, actually perfectly, honestly. Um, but maybe, you know, it's possible that maybe, like, the Switch version or the PlayStation version has a few bugs in it, um, which they are, obviously the developers are working on it. You know, they, they, they you know, they've, they've come out with a couple updates already for the game. And, um, you know, it's nice to see the developers, like, really still working hard on it, even though it's, it's released. And, uh, 
you know, I think I think a lot of the criticism criticism people are lobbying against the game. I I just don't I don't I don't understand. You know, they, they people like to people like to um I don't know like say they run into a bug. People love to just talk 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 about that one bug they had, right? But what they don't tell you is they oh they restarted the game or they restarted the segment or the update happened and it's gone, right? You know, oh, I couldn't kill this enemy, and this game sucks. I couldn't kill this one enemy, and it's ended my run. But they don't mention that, oh, when I went back through it, it was fine. Or, oh, I rebooted the game, and it's fine. You know, that's the thing they don't mention. You know, so you can go on Twitter, you can go on Facebook, you can go on YouTube, you can go on Discord, and claim that the game is riddled with bugs. But what, what people don't, and, and you can you can compile everyone's bug messages and be like, there's a lot of bugs. Well, here's here's the truth. You know, a lot of those bugs maybe happened once. And people, you know, did what I said, rebooted, and they're gone. But they won't, they won't stop talking about the single bug that they had, right? Or how they got stuck at this section and ended their run, right? Uh, there's a lot of people who just don't understand basic troubleshooting, and you got to kind of weed those people out between the ones who actually have problems. Like there was a problem where they couldn't advance a quest and they got stuck, and they had to wait for a hot fix, or they had to kind of, you know, restart from a, their latest save, right? And those type of those types of things are unfortunate, and I'm sure that developers are working on stuff for that, you know. So you know, just you know, cool cool your jets with like the because I think that's the thing too, and I think that a lot of people just kind of they 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 attach on to like these these minor criticisms, and they explode on them because you know the game's popular, right? And in popular games, of course, are going to have tons of criticism attached to them. When Elden Ring had come out, and people were complaining about the difficulty of the game, uh, some some of the creators that I follow who do tons of Souls like and Souls game content. Uh, one guy was doing these agree uh, these crazy claims that the game was too hard and it wasn't balanced correctly. And I'm like, dude, in all the video you're showing, you're not using a summon. If you're going solo through the game, they they emphasize that they want you to use the the summons to kind of balance things out, but you're not using a summon. So this criticism that you have for the game. You're not playing it the way the developers intended. I know you want to go through it solo, and I know you want to do it without help. But sometimes the developers create a game that's meant to be done in co-op, or it's meant to be done with help, you know, or with the right uh, right setup. And it's it's just hard for me to believe that these these people who play hours and hours and hours of Souls games couldn't understand that in Elden Ring. And they just you know it's just one of those macho things where it's like oh I got through Elden Ring without spirit summons. It's like okay well you know uh, I ate a whole I ate a whole sub sub sandwich today and I I didn't burp once. And it's like okay who the fuck cares you know like like I ate a I ate a bean burrito and didn't fart today. What'd you do today? Oh I beat Elden Ring without spirit summons. Okay who the fuck cares? You know it's just so stupid. It's so stupid. But I'm a little bit off track at this point. Um, but, uh, just that, let, 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 you know, I just, you know, I, you know, sometimes I come on here and I'd get into like bitching yummy mode and, and, uh, that, that, that is one thing that kind of irks me. The game is very, it's very new. It's only a couple days old at this point. And I just feel like, you know, grilling the game over and over again for small bugs is something that I just can't fathom, you know, back in the day when, when a game came out and had a few bugs in there, people didn't complain too much from what I remember. But now it's like every little tiny thing, and especially if a game is popular like called a lamb or something like that, you know, people will pick apart every little thing and they'll they'll exaggerate some things as well. You know, you read some of these Steam reviews and these people are like, oh, the game is so riddled with bugs. I can't boot it, anything like that. 
It's like, well, maybe your PC specs aren't right. I don't know. There's there's 50 positive reviews and one negative review. And, you know, people focus on that negative one negative review that's, like, completely out of left field, right? Um, so let this be said, I'm enjoying the game myself. If you enjoy it too, that's great. If you want to try it out, I would recommend doing that. There is a demo available for the game if you want to try it out before committing to it. I think that it's a perfect combination of roguelite and uh, management sim, and it's it's a, it's two genres that I don't normally get behind working together in harmony so perfectly that I uh, that I am enjoying it too. Um, so yeah, check it. I would I would suggest checking it checking it out, and um, you know obviously put a little star next to Call of the Lamb on your on your game list if you're going to be participating in the top ten games of the year list at the end of the year. All right. Um, wow, I really did go really far off with that one. I, you know... Hopefully I don't sound like too much of an asshole. All right. Next game I want to talk about, the other new game that I've been playing, is called Plate Up. And this is a game that uh, I was just, I was on I was on Steam, and I was looking at the new games. You know, I was flipping past all the porno games, and... Played Up showed up in my in my list of recommended games, and I was like, oh, this kind of looks like Overcooked. It is very similar to Overcooked. Um, it's a bit more basic, and I think it's a little bit more challenging at times. Um, so this is like a... Okay, here we go. This is like a roguelite <laughs> cooking game. Uh, essentially, you, you and your friends can start a restaurant, and there's like a basic blueprint. You can move all the items inside the restaurant around as much as you want. Um, and essentially you can either play as a chef, a waiter, or a busboy. Now you don't have to stick to those roles. You can help out other people or be the completely wrong dress and be in the kitchen, right? Uh, so it's not like that strict, but it's fun to kind of assign people roles and stuff like that. It's up to four players. And I think at, at times you really do need that fourth person or third person sh for sure in there. Uh, because towards the end of your, your run, uh, with your kitchen in your restaurant, things start to really, really get in intense. So, um, you know, your goal is to get four, uh, a five-star restaurant, right? Um, so you go through uh, day after day cooking your orders and stuff like that and, and making sure that, you know, all your customers are satisfied, leaving, cleaning up after them, washing their dishes, and, you know, letting the cycle repeat, right? If you miss a customer... Or if they wait too long outside, or if they wait too long at the table for their food, you'll fail. And you have to start all over. Your restaurant's done. It's kaput. Um, so that's that's the one thing that is a challenging part of the game, is like you mess up once, and you get backed up a little bit, and it's over. You know, you, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to recover a lot of times from a big mess up. Like, oh, I accidentally brought the wrong plate to the wrong table, and the chef's already moved on to the next order. You know, oops, we're screwed, you know. Um, but that's part of the fun, too, of, of just kind of, like, managing this restaurant with your friends. And, and, and it's just it's a really fun time. It's obviously a, a basic kind of setup. Your characters have hardly any personality other than different colors, you know, uh, colors of the rainbow. And really, there's 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 a limited amount of food that you can cook, um, but your your the stuff you can cook kind of builds on top of itself as you go through to get to the five stars. So you might start off with a basic hamburger that's just a bun and a burger patty, right? And every like three or so days, uh, they'll add they'll have two options for you to pick between, um, whether it be adding a new men item to your menu, adding a new topping onto your already established um, meal. 
uh, and, you know, having a rush hour happen at midday, uh, staying open late when people are there eating late, you know, and staying open after, you know, bef- you know, as long as they need to be, you know, and more people can come in. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff like that, uh, that, that builds on top of itself, which, which is why at, towards the end, things can get pretty challenging. You know, let's say you do have, you're making pizzas and, and most pizzas are, you know, um, dough, uh, tomato sauce, cheese, right? Well, let's say you added mushrooms on top of that. Well, now some tables might want mushrooms, some might not, you know? Uh, so it does, it does start the pile on top of each other, you know? I think one of the easiest things to make, uh, is the hamburger. I feel like, you know, it's, it's a really quick cook time. It's It's got very limited amount of things that you need to put it together to make it work, which is why adding things on top of the hamburger aren't as bad. You know, we, or, you know, adding onion rings to the hamburger is not too difficult because the onion rings, you just got to chop the onion rings, cover them in flour, put them in the pan, do boom, they're pretty much done. You know, adding a soup on top of that will make things a lot more difficult because a soup is a lot more preparation. You got to put the water in there. You got to put the ingredients in there. You got to cook it. You got to, you know, serve it up, you know. Um, there's a lot of different dishes that you can make. I mean, I, I would say there's not a lot, but there, there's a good, there's, there's a fair amount of dishes you can make, you know, and it's not, it's not so limiting that, you know, um, that, you know, you'll get bored of them. I think that the main draw of the game is that like quick cycle of like, you know, getting to a rhythm and just kind of like work and work and work and getting food put out there for people, you know? Um, and it's, it's been a really fun time. I, I, I've been really enjoying it. You know, if you want something a little bit more complicated or a little bit more visually stimulating, of course, you're going to want to go with overcooked. Um, but overcooked is a little bit different because, you know, it has like set kitchens for you to use and, you know, set things to make and people come up and order and you got to make the food for them. Right. Whereas in played up, it's more so like you take the customer's order. They give you their order. The chef makes the order. You know, you, they eat. The busboard takes the takes the dishes, and the uh, waiter and the chef move on to the next thing, right? Um, whereas with Overcooked, it's really fast paced. You know, it, it's it's it kind of has like some levels are like set up as a puzzle. You know, like with conveyor belts and moving platforms and ghosts and goblins and stuff like that. So there is a distinct difference. Played up being a little bit more bland in the visual style, but a little bit more intense on the cooking side of things. While Overcooked is 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 much vi- more visually pleasing, but has a little bit less to do with the art of like cooking. It's more of like a puzzle kind of game, right? So if you're interested, I mean, it's it's kind of it's relatively cheap. Um, it's uh, of course just like an indie indie game, um, and uh, you know we greedy waffles and I and and crazy infamous uh, have played it a lot, and we're really enjoying it. And, uh, yeah, if you want to try it out, I believe there is a demo for it. You can get, like, a two-hour demo that allows you to kind of, you know, work with the game itself. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I guess I I guess I forgot to talk about. So, during, you know, after every day, you'll get, like, a bunch, like, a, some random items that you can purchase. Uh, so, things like a, a, a soaking sink, which is, like, a sink that you can just put a plate in and it cleans itself. Um, there's mixers that will do, you know... St- stuff for the chef automatically you know there's conveyor belts that you can you can move stuff directly into a mixer or directly onto a plate there's combiners there's there's what's called a research desk that allows you to upgrade blueprints that are you know the things you can get like let's say you want to upgrade a, a you know a, a, one of the sinks to a dishwasher you can do that um there's mops and stuff that you can get to help clean up clean up stuff better there's a scrubber to help you wash dishes faster there's a there's a knife so you can chop things faster you know um and there's also uh like you know countertops and stuff like that just general things as well dining table coffee table for people to, people to wait at instead of you know being served right away um 
yeah, I mean, there's a whole slew of things that you can get. Uh, on top of that, you can get, like, shoes for your character as well. So, you know, if you're running the burger joint, you might want to get the uh, these, like, rubber boots. You know, they spread the mess all around, but you can you can just walk right over. You don't even have to worry. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of cool stuff. Uh, a lot of fun stuff, I should say. And, you know, even though the blueprint, you know, like your, your basic restaurant floor plan is very similar every single time, or, you know, if you want it to be similar, everything you can... Um, I feel like there needs to be a little bit more variation in that. And then I also, um, you know, I also like, you know, I, I, I would like to get five stars eventually in my lifetime. You know, the game, the game does kind of throw a lot at you towards the end. And I think they needed to do a little bit of a, of a better job of, um, you know, like, let's say you have three people, you know, you know, changing the, the, the game to be a little bit more like, oh, three people. Okay. Here's a setup for three people. You know, how many customers you'll need by, you know, to star number four or whatever. If you play the game solo, I believe that it is um, not as intense. Like, you don't have to go out there, take their order, go back to the kitchen. I believe people just kind of walk up to the counter and order. Um, and I think that they just leave their dishes either at the counter or something like that. Obviously, I haven't played much of the game alone, so, you know, kind of have to defer to other people on that one. But I think that it's a fun, fun game. Um, I give it a positive review. And if you want to try it out, like I said, there is, there is a demo that you can try. Um, that kind of, that will kind of ease you into the game. You know, it's not, like I said, it's not as complicated as some games are, especially some of these other cooking games. You know, you don't have to put your meat onto a pan and then put the pan onto the burner. You know, you can just put the meat directly on the burner. You can pick it up with your hands, you know. Um, you know, it's not as, like, in-depth in as other ones, but uh, I think that... Um, I think it's good. I, I think it's good, and I think that it's a nice game for, like, a younger audience, too, maybe, you know. Uh, but yeah, if you want to check it out, like I said, Plate Up, very fun, very fun. Can't complain too much about it. All right, real quickly, um, last week I forgot to talk about I Love You, Colonel Sanders, which of course is like, it's the meme game. It was from KFC. You know, it, it, it's, it's, for a visual novel, it's fine. You know, I think that, I mean, the game did its job. Like, after I was done playing... I think I played it on like a Thursday or something. I was really hungry. Like it did it, it its job. You know, you 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 saw like those those uh, animated renditions of like the food and stuff like that, and you were talking about the you know the, the twelve herbs and spices and blah 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 blah. And you you kind of get hungry. You do kind of get hungry. And I was kind of hungry for chicken. I didn't get chicken though, but still, it did make me hungry for for some chicken. And, um, you know, for, for a game that's kind of like a meme and just kind of like a knockoff and whatever, it was fine. I laughed a few times. Um, I was bored a little bit. It's a lot of reading. <laughs> it was definitely a lot of reading. Um, I don't know. The visual style is fine. You know, like, I don't know. I'm, there's really not much for me to say. Um, I, I think that's just, it's just fine. It's like a C tier. You know, am I glad we played it? Sure. I thought it was kind of a funny little playthrough. And I, like I said, I laughed a few times, which is, this is more than you can ask for for some of these visual novel type games. And it doesn't take itself seriously at all, you know. So, yeah, that's also nice. And there's, I mean, there's a little bit of choice in there, I suppose. Uh, how about how you go about things? I'm trying to think of, like, other things I can say about the game, but I can't really say anything. I mean, the music was fine. There was there really wasn't much gameplay in there. There wasn't even like a timed event, you know. There it was, just, it was a lot of just clicking around. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine for for a visual novel. It's fine, you know. Can't complain too much. 
Um, I talked about Halo Reach last week. Uh, another game we completed on stream was Star Fox Assault. Uh, this is the last game we talk talk about in this section. Um, Star Fox Assault. It's uh, the game for the GameCube. And, I, you know, when I was a kid, I played this game a lot. I remember playing the multiplayer mode. It's like this third-person, you know, shooty, shooter, shooter kind of game, game mode. Um, playing it now, I can see why some people don't like it. Obviously, there's so many on-the-on-ground gr- sections in this game. It's just kind of annoying to me. Um, because, like, there's, like, four levels in a row where you're just on the ground shooting with a gun, and, a t- and you're, you can get inside the tank, and it's like, okay, but where's the space combat, you know, like the first level is, is a basic kind of Star Fox level where you, you're on like a, you know, you're on like a, 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 a designed path for the starship to go through and your R wing to go through. Uh, and it's just, it's really good. It's like one of those openings that's like really, really memorable. You're, you're fighting through the armada, the fleet, and you're chasing the leader onto the ground and he transforms into a boss and then you beat the boss and then another boss comes and it's very grandiose. It's very, a very good opening. And then directly after that, you have like four levels in a row where you're on the ground using your gun to shoot things. And yeah, you do go into space eventually, but those ground sections are rough. They really are. They're not really that great. They're not really that much fun. Where the game really shines is in the spaceship combat, the R-Wing combat, whether it be uh, on, a, on a designed track for your R-Wing or, or the open battle system. Both of them are great, and I really was I really wish that they had made more levels just in, in open space because those are the levels that really, really worked in the game, and they made the game awesome, you know? I thought that those levels were great. Every single one of them was just so fantastic. There was an interesting level later on that had, like, all three. You had a tank section, you had on-the-ground stuff, and you had the space stuff, and I thought that was fine. I thought that was great, actually. But then directly after that, you have another battle where you're on the ground the whole time, and then you're on the wing of a starship firing an unlimited ammo blaster, and it's like, well, this is just kind of boring, you know? And those sections take forever, too. Like, there's, like, three or four of them in the game in general, and I'm like, holy crap, I don't remember these being so slow and so monotonous, you know? So yeah, Star Fox kind of lands on the same tier as as the Colonel Sanders game. You know, um, it's just it's just kind of like a C tier. You know, I think in in my opinion, I know I was I meant I you know I, during stream I was like yeah it's kind of like a B tier, but I think in the end I I would put it in the C tier range just because those sections while you're on gra- on foot are so slow and and they're not really that much fun. And then you have those sections where you're on the wing of a starship just shooting your gun. It's like oh man. I just want more space battles. That's all I wanted in this. And it was just like, it was lacking that. And that was so unfortunate. The levels that have space combat, brilliant, amazing, awesome. But any level without space combat or a section with space combat is just kind of like, eh. And that's why Star Fox ends up in a C tier in the end, Star Fox Assault. Okay, let's go ahead and switch over to... How about what 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 was revealed in that gaming show? <laughs> All right, there was a THQ Nordic showcase that happened this past week with a lot of good information in there. A lot of games showed off, a lot of different genres showed off. At the beginning of the show, they had like a montage of games that they were going to show or or be able to play at the Gamescom show. Uh, so games like um, buh, 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 what's this game called? Um, Endless uh, Endling, which is about uh, uh, a mother fox trying to protect her cubs. 
Um, there's all there was also another game uh, called like Airhead, where you use your head that's full of air. What do you know to do platforming and stuff like that? There was like a first person Souls like called Parish that you could you like use guns in and stuff like that. I thought it looked kind of cool. Um, there was like this comic book inspired kind of game. Uh, there was like a game called Rat's Tale where you played as like a rat in like an open world. Um, Lethal Honor is the one that is like, it's like a comic book style. That looks pretty cool too. It's like a it's like a uh, top down or like third person action adventure game. Um, there's another game uh, that's like a mobile game. It's called oh well they're they're porting Wreckfest the mobile I guess I should say which is a feat in itself I suppose. Um, so first thing they showed off in the showcase was that uh, the game Alone in the Dark is getting a reimagining for the Xbox, PlayStation, and PC, I believe. Uh, this is a game from the 90s. Uh, it's been it, The franchise has been dormant for some time, and now THQ Nordic is bringing it back. Uh, the famous horror franchise makes its return. This reimagining of the original trilogy aims to scare you to the bone and returns to infamous locations with a whole new story and mythical places to explore. Alone in the Dark is developed by Pieces Interactive in Sweden. Uh, so that's kind of, it's kind of sounds kind of cool. It kind of reminded me of The Evil Within, the gameplay style. It was like a third person over the shoulder cinematic. Even the main character kind of has like a, uh, an Evil Within kind of outfit on. Um, but that kind of, you know, it's, 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 it's in the same style. So it's like a 20s, you know, 20s style. I, I would say, you know, uh, they, they say it's like a gothic kind of horror kind type thing going on, but you can definitely tell it's like, you know, it's kind of based on like gangsters of New York and stuff like that as well, fighting these crazy abominations. So, uh, of course we'll wait to hear more about that, but that's supposed to be coming. I believe, I believe it's coming next year or something like that. Uh, they, they, there's no release date on it just yet. Uh, also, they showed off a game called... Oh, actually, this is a... This is a... B -b 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 what the fuck is that called? Destroy All Humans 2 got a tr new trailer. Uh, so this is going to be coming in late August. Uh, it's, you know, it looks it looks kind of like... You know, it looks just like the original one. I'm not, like, super interested in playing Destroy All Humans 2, especially after playing the first game again uh, the remaster i you know I, it, it was fine but i wasn't like really blown away by it so i'll probably wait to to play this at some point it looks fine you know can't say it doesn't look good uh but yeah that's coming august 30th um and then um after that there was like a montage of a bunch of different rts games um one of them was oh my gosh i wish that there was a website that just had everything kind of bundled together so i didn't have to like skip through the the thing but uh there's a b -b -b alliance something alliance 3 what's it called jagged alliance 3 that's one of them coming um and then there's also like a medieval one called the galliant which is like a medieval themed one um, there's one that kind of reminded me of XCOM, uh, and also Command and Conquer. It was like a Command and Conquer slash kind of like X XCOM kind of look to it. Uh, da -da 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 called Tempest Rising, and then there's another one that is another medieval take. Kind of looks like Age of Empires. Um, it's called Knights of Honor Two Sovereign. There you go. That was their little montage there. Uh, there was another game that they showed off where you're in space. It's kind of like a base builder in space. Uh, that was called This Planet for Sale or something like that. Um, you know, it kind of looks like uh, 
you know, kind of looks kind of fun. Um, obviously, there's dangers on this planet, but you kind of build your base and you work up to to build like a, a big giant city, I guess. So Space for Sale is what that's called. Um, they had a cinematic trailer for a game that I guess hasn't been uh, around for a while or is getting like a remaster, and that's called Gothic. I have no idea what that's all about, but uh, that that that's coming. There, it was just a cinematic trailer. There, there wasn't anything shown about it. Outcast 2 got a new trailer. Uh, it's uh, this game where you play as this dude in third person. He has like a jetpack and a wingsuit and stuff like that, and you you go around this uh, this world. Um, they didn't show any like combat or anything like that. It looks like it's mostly just an exploration game. I mean, it looks beautiful, but uh, didn't really see too much about it. I mean, you're going through these areas, and you know, it looks it looks very very cool. But I don't know if it's like anything too crazy. I guess there is like some third person shooting and and elements and stuff like that. So I guess I guess there wasn't it isn't just an exploration game, of course. Um, but that is coming uh, sometime this year as well. Uh, there was another game. AEW Fight Forever. This is like a WWE game that's, I guess, uh, made by a different, you know, made by THQ Nordic. I mean, it's not gonna, it's not using like John Cena and stuff like that. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's 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 a little bit different, but I, I mean, it looks fine. I can't say anything about it really. Um, Way of the Hunter is coming next week. Uh, this is a game where you shoot wildlife. It's pretty much uh, one of those kind of like wild height, wildlife hunting kind of games. You drive through the wilderness, you hunt, etc. Um, I, I guess you like also explore some pretty cool areas uh, too. I, I guess um, there's a game called Rec- Recreation, which is one of the ones that I that kind of caught my eye. Uh, this is a game that you you make your own racetrack in like this 400 square foot kind of like arena, and you just kind of race around on these crazy tracks. It kind of reminded me of like that Grand Theft Auto mode where you can kind of place racetrack pieces anywhere you want. It seems inspired by that, at least. I'm not sure. Uh, it looks kind of cool though. You know, they they showed clips of people driving through and like making um, changes to the track while their people are racing on it, which could be kind of cool too. Um, that's called recreation. Kind of look look pretty cool. Look pretty cool. And finally, at the end of the showcase, they showed uh, some stuff for SpongeBob. Uh, so the SpongeBob, the Cosmic Shake. Um, it looks pretty good. You know, it definitely looks very similar to you know Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. I mean, obviously they're gonna keep like a similar art style. It seems like they got most of the voice actors back, of course. Uh, in the trailer, they showed a few different uh, places. Like the, there's one where it was like Gary had had eaten too many pieces of candy and he like went crazy. Um, there was another one where they went to like the caveman era, you know, just just like the TV show. Um, there's another area that had like um, like a desert in like SpongeBob had like a cowboy outfit on. Uh, there was another area that was like SpongeBob was using karate moves in like this industrial complex. Um, it was a whole bunch of stuff. So it seems like it's going to be a lot of like a lot of different environments kind of coming together. It looks fine, you know. I th- I think it looks fine. It's definitely like a, a a successor to Battle for Bikini Bottom for sure. I mean, and graphically, also you like break tiki's and stuff in the game too. So you know, it, it's it's very similar in that way. Um, so you know, I think it looks fine. You know, it doesn't look too bad. And then at the very very end, after the credits had shown and they said, "Hey, we have 26 more games in development," they showed a, a South Park Digital Studios logo, uh, which means that they are working on some sort of South Park game. So now they have 25 unannounced games after the showcase. 
so if you want to watch that showcase, of course, it's on THQ Nordic's website. Uh, it's hard to explain some of these, like, middle games because it's like, oh, it's an RTS. Like, yeah, duh. You know, like, there's a lot of RTSs that were shown in the middle, and they all kind of are in a similar kind of style. Uh, Jagged Alliance is a little bit different. That's the XCOM one. I was wrong before. The yeah, Jagged Alliance is XCOM style. But then there's, like, three or four RTS games in a row that do kind of look very similar, especially the ones that are medieval flavoring, you know. Uh, so if you want to check out that trailer... Head over to THQ Nordic's YouTube channel. You can watch the whole show. And the other show that happened was the Splatoon 3 Direct. They had a bunch of new stuff uh, talked about in there. So Photo Mode is going to be making uh, its its show, its, its appearance in the game. Uh, you can post photos directly to social media, send it to friends, and use decor and customizable lockers. There's some new techniques called Squid Surge, where players can Squid Surge to swim up walls quickly into a into in a single burst. And there's also also one called Squid Roll, which is a technique designed for fast 180 tur uh, turnarounds. 180 turnarounds. Uh, Squid Roll also includes a brief iframe that repels ink. There's two new abilities that they showed off. One was called Intensify Action, which improves the Squid Roll and, squ and Squid Surge moves. And sub-resistance, which diminishes enemy sub-weapon effects. There was a bunch of new battle stadiums shown off. Scourged, Scorch Gorge, uh, Eeltail Alley, Hagglefish Market, Undertow Spillway, Mincemeat Metalworks, Hammerhead Bridge, Museum de Alfonsino, Maha, Mahi Mahi Resort, Inkblot Art Academy, Surgeon Shipyard... Mako, Mako Mart, Mako Mart, and Wahoo World, all those new stages were shown off in there. There were some new weapons, like the regular weapon is kind of new. Uh, the Tri-Stringer is what it's called. Uh, oh, I should say, there's two. they showed off two new regular weapons. So one's called the Tri-Stringer. Stringer. It's a bow-like weapon which can fire in three directions at the same time, with a special ability to fire charge shots, which freeze and explode. And then also the Splatana Wiper, uh, this is part katana, part windscreen windscreen wiper. Uh, the Splatana wiper is a long-range weapon that can shoot ink in wide arcs. Then there's some new special weapons. One's called the Tactic Cooler. It's a vending machine that provides up to four players with in-game drinks to boost their stats and abilities. The Reef Slider is a shark pool float which zooms around the arenas, exploding with enemy ink. The Wave Breaker is, is uh, a tactical post that releases waves of energy, identifying enemy positions and dealing them damage. Uh, returning content. Uh, ba -ba yeah, who really, yeah, who really cares? Uh, there's also going to be a new Amiibos launching with the game as well, releasing in winter. Um, so Inkling Yellow, Octoling Blue, and Small Fry, whatever that is, uh, they they will come in a three pack or individually. It looks like. And then there's also uh, some new, I'm sorry, there's some restocks for older Amiibos like the Callie and Marie. And also the Pearl and Marina two-packs are all going to be restocked and work with the game itself. So uh, if you want to check out that video, it's of course on Nintendo's uh, YouTube channel. Um, a lot of information there, especially if you like Splatoon. Okay. Let's move over to what's in the news. We got a slew of delays. Um, so we're going to call this the um, delay segment of the show. 
Biggest one, Hogwarts Legacy, delayed until February, March 2023. It was originally supposed to come out holiday 2022. Um, This just means that they're working on more things for the game, taking a little bit longer than they thought it would. In a tweet, they said Hogwarts Legacy will launch February 10th, 2023. Uh, The Nintendo Switch launch date will be revealed soon. The team is excited for you to play, uh, but we need a little more time to deliver the the best possible game experience. Short, sweet, to the point. Didn't need to do a whole song and dance about it. Um, It's interesting to note that the Switch version is going to take a little bit longer. I'm guessing it's going to be a cloud version in the end. Um, I don't really know, but... Yeah, February 10th for that, so if you're you just gotta wait a little bit longer for Hogwarts Legacy. Marvel's Midnight Suns was delayed. Uh it's not coming this year anymore. It's coming in 2023. Um and there's also uh there's also not gonna be a PS or maybe the PS4 version is coming much later. But right now, the PS4 version and Xbox One version of the game say TBA on the official schedule. So it's possible that they're either going to cancel the older version, the older, but the last-gen version of the game, or it's just going to take, I don't know why, but it's going to take them a little bit longer. Uh, I mean, I kind of saw this coming because the game did look a little rough in the trailers that they showed off recently. Um, so, you know, if they, if, if they tighten some things up, make the graphics look a little bit better and maybe refine the gameplay a little bit more, I think it's going to be a good experience for people who like turn-based kind of combat type games. Um, for me personally, I mean, I wasn't completely hooked, but I'll try it out, especially if it's coming next year, because, you know, there's so much this year already and coming soon, it's hard to be like, oh, I will definitely play Midnight Suns when I wasn't really interested in it. But now that it's coming out next year in March of next year. Uh, yeah, sure. Maybe I'll maybe I'll check it out. You know, <laughs> Metal Slug Tactics was delayed to next year as well. In a tweet, uh, dot 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 emu dot emu said Marco Ari Fio and Tarma are tinkering away to make Metal Slug Tactics as explosive as possible on release. But the squad needs a bit more time in the shop to prepare for the battles ahead. See you in 2023. This is kind of, um, you know, this is a game that I have was really, really hoping would come this year. Uh, you know, it, it's a it's a tactical um, kind of game where, I mean, I've, I've described it before in the past. But, you know, it, it looks like a really fun version of like a tactical kind of game where, you know, you it, it, you move your uh, your you move your chess pieces on the board, uh, and you 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 know I, I just you know the, the the way that the game is styled, how it looks, how it looks like it plays, I was really drawn into. Um, this was actually revealed a couple of years ago at this point. Uh, if they need more time, of course they can take more time. But it's one of those games that I was really hoping to get my hands on because I am really excited for it. But you know, I I, I can wait a little bit longer, especially you know because there's so many games coming out this year. I sound like a broken record. Um, but yeah, Metal Slug Tactics coming out next year, uh, and we'll probably see a new trailer for that uh, probably sometime at the end of the year this year, because we really haven't seen anything more about it since, like, I don't know, what was it, like E3 uh, last year or something? I don't remember. I don't even remember when it was last shown off. And um, not finally, River City Girls 2 has been delayed a little bit. Uh, It's going to be coming sometime after summer of 2022. On Twitter, they came out and said, uh, way forward, the developer came out and said, River City update to ensure the most polished experience possible. River City Girls 2 will be launching in North America sometime after its originally expected date of summer 2022 release window. Please stay tuned for our new release date. For now, please check out the cover art. They showed up the cover art. Very nice. 
Um, but yeah, uh, that this is, I mean, I, I'm guessing it's going to still come out this year, but it's been delayed a little bit. What can you do? What can you do? And finally, for the delays uh, this week, the PS5 uh, like sh- online-only shooter called Ark Raiders has been delayed until next year as well. They're taking the extra time to expand uh, what that means. I'm not sure, but here's the official uh, tweet from them. It reads, an update on the release of Ark Raiders. Um, we've made the decision to delay Ark Raiders till 2023. Ark Raiders is an ambitious game, and we will be using this extra time to expand the experience and allow us to reach the full potential. Uh, we will be diving into more details soon as we start to test the game more extensively with players. Uh, the excitement around Ark Raiders since his reveal has been so encouraging for us, and we truly appreciate your support. There you go. That's all the delays Um, which, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, as I always say, if a developer needs more time, give them more time. That's only going to mean that the game is going to be better, uh, when it comes out. This will be a free-to-play game, so obviously making it the best they can make it, um, you're definitely going to want to, you're definitely going to want to make it as best as they can, really polish it out, because that means, I mean, when a game is free-to-play, that means that a lot more people are going to be playing it day one. So you got to make sure you get it up to spec. So yeah, good luck to all those developers and hopefully we get some updates from them soon. Okay, Activision, uh, specifically Call of specifically Call of Duty uh was uh has some criticisms levied levied against them recently. Oh, big big news story, Emmy. Uh but uh apparently Activision and Call of Duty's developer uh they plagiarized one of the new skins that was added to the game. The game was called the Loyal Sam Samoyed skin. Uh, which was a skin that featured uh, like this wolf character. They had, they had like a wolf head and a kind of like a larger body. Um, and it came out that a artist on uh, on Twitter uh, you designed a character for, uh, or not designed a character, but they drew up an artwork that looks very, very, very similar uh, to the um the character that was added in the floof furry pack which is what they called it on call of duty um so this person's at is uh salian five and uh in the post they said hello everyone i am salian and i am the original artist that the upcoming call of duty vanguard samoyed skin is was plagiarized from i only just found out at the time of the announcement that my work was plagiarized even though i am also a cod player i'm i am very disappointed to see my work being plagiarized by a big company like Activision in this way. I have reached out to Activision for an explanation and or compensation, and hopefully the situation will be settled soon. As an individual artist, I can only do so much, and I have to speak out about this to stop things like this from happening again in the future. If you look at the comparisons, um, the outfit is practically identical. Um, there, There's a belt wrapped around his chest that is almost I- exactly identical. There's patches on his arm sleeves that are in very similar spots. He has a backpack on that is very similar, or not really a backpack, but like there's a there's a cord on his back that is in the same, st- like pretty much in the same space on the character itself. The ammo pouch on his hip is almost exactly the same as the as the artist's rendition or the artist's original work. Um, his pant legs actually have like a similar pattern on the bottom, a similar color on the bottom. It's kind of crazy how identical this really is. And when you look at the features of the wolf itself, the wolf head, yes, they did change it to be gray and white. Um, but the head actually from the front on looks very, very similar as well. I know there's not so many ways that you can actually design or draw a wolf, 
but when every with everything else at play with this character that this person designed um and the 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 character that's been that was going to be put into Call of Duty it's just it's just it's the resemblance is uncanny and you can't you can't deny that it's it's very very similar um so here's what happened um they did get a response from Activision and Activision uh did not apologize um and they ex- they didn't they didn't really explain the situation too well to them uh i believe that they are going to con- they're going to continue with putting this skin out there uh but the person on on twitter salian said at present there is no good results my demand is that the official media of activision formally apologize and explain the situation to me not a perfunctuary explanation they are as arrogant as ever as ever yeah i think that i mean i mean at least they're at least owned owed a a a a explanation or apology you know i feel like you know um yeah it's uh it's kind of it's kind of interesting you know um that activision is kind of like continuing uh, they're continuing to go on with this you know and like i said even though like you know even though it's it's like oh how many different ways can you draw a wolf soldier right but i mean the resemblance is just how the character is drawn the different ways that it's it's put into the game it's just the the resemblance is just way too too on the nose it's way too similar and uh yeah i, I think that uh, this person should definitely get compensation um and if the if the if, if the if the design go, does go up he should definitely get a compensation if not at least an apology and an explanation to them but uh yeah it's, it seems like uh, activision is going to be yeah, Activision going to be Activision, and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, if uh, if you if you're playing Call of Duty Vanguard or Warzone, uh, and the skin does get released, the the say Samian skin or whatever it's called, uh, just don't support it. That's all I gotta say. All right, let's move on. Multiverse Season One is finally kicking off this next week, or this week if you're listening to this on Monday. Uh, we're excited to announce Season 1 will begin on August 15th with a brand new Battle Pass for you to earn in-game rewards. We can also confirm that Morty will join the character roster on the 23rd of August as part of Season 1. We are looking forward to sharing more in the coming weeks. Now, there was a bunch of stuff revealed that that, that was going to be put into the Season 1, uh, new game modes and stuff like that. Uh, but as we found out, they aren't going to be adding them all on day one. Not even Morty himself is going to be officially added on day one of the season of the news of season one. So you're going to have to wait a little bit longer for Morty. And it seems like a lot longer for Rick. Uh, they didn't even mention Rick in the, in the tweet in the original tweet. So, um, you know, uh, they're going to be bringing a lot of stuff to the game, which is going to be nice. Uh, but, uh, you know, with a full season pass too, I think, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a much more viable thing to buy, you know, because the the beta season pass had like what sixteen to twenty tiers or something like that. It wasn't really worth it, but maybe the season one pa- pass for multiverses will be worth it. I'm not sure, uh, but anyway, if you want to check out that, like I said, it starts the fifteenth of August is the is the official launch of season one of multiverses. Battalion 1944 is no longer going to be doing a console version of the game. Uh, People who backed the game on Kickstarter will be getting refunds if they requested the PS4 or Xbox One version. On uh, Twitter, Twitter, (laughs) I should say, uh, they announced that the game is no longer going to be be put on consoles, uh, but it will remain on Steam for the time being. Uh, They said, we have formally ended our relationship with Square Enix. 
We want to start this exciting new chapter where we began, focusing on the players. With this in mind, we will be releasing Battalion Legacy free on Steam. Uh, we are deeply disappointed that Battle Battalion 1944 never made it to console, and we will be refunding all console Kickstarter backers. Thank you to everyone that backed the console version, and we're sorry it has taken so long to rectify this. We appreciate the passionate support we received from the fans of the Battalion and the old-school shooters. We hope you continue with us on our journey to make, make to making first-person shooters that are built with the community and players at the heart of development. So you can play the free-to-play version of Battalion uh, on the 16th of August. Now, the, I played a lot of Battalion 1944 when uh, when I found it on Steam. I think it was a couple years ago at this point. Really enjoyed it. It was a really enjoyable game. It definitely felt like that old school Call of Duty, World War II uh, Call of Duty shooter, right? And I really liked that. It was really fun. Um, it was always weird to me that I kept seeing, you know, in these Square Enix shows, they kept showing Battalion 1944. And I'm like, that's an old game. That came out in like 2018 or something like that, right? And they were still showing these commercials for it, trying to sell it. It's interesting that they that they broke off from Square Enix. Um, I'm not sure what what happened there, um, but it, apparently uh, the Kickstarter started in 2016. They didn't get the funding they needed for the console version, or it was just taking too long for them to port uh, to to make the console version. Especially uh, they were bought with by Square Enix during that time. So it's it's it, you know it's it's sad to hear that that's not going to be coming around. Uh, but it's understandable. I'm, you know, I mean, you know, the, the PlayStation Four is, it, it's not going to be the top tier console in a couple years, right? People are, most people are going to have the next gen consoles by that time. Uh, so making a PS Four or Xbox One version of the game, you know, it's not going to be viable. So uh, we'll see where the company goes after this. I mean, like I said, they're they're releasing the game for free on the sixteenth of August. So if you want to check it out, I think that's a really fun time, and I would I would be happy to play this game and support them uh, because they 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 made a great great arcade first person shooter in the style of of my of the old days. It's always cool, always cool. But um, yeah, that is that. Okay, let's go ahead and uh, move on to what's coming soon. Okay, so this is a topic that I've been waiting to talk about on Fubar Ferret, which I still will talk about on Fubar Ferret. I'll probably even record the episode after this one if I remember or have time. <clears throat> There's a game called Press X for Trophies that's coming out, uh, which is a parody game. Uh, because there's been a lot of games that have just been like press X fifth, you know, 500 times, get a platinum trophy, right? In the age of trophies and achievements, there's a lot of games out there just trying to fish for money, an easy platinum. It'll take you, you know, five to 10 minutes and that's it. So someone is releasing a game called press X for trophies, which, uh, they're trying to send a, um, a, a, a message <laughs> to, uh, PlayStation saying, hey, what's with all the junk games and stuff coming to the systems? I mean, PlayStation does not have... I feel like they just have no checks and balances for what can be released on uh, PlayStation at this point. I mean, there's so many games that have the same graphic style. It's just a different it's just a different piece of food, and you jump. You know, and there's like a turbo version. It's like, what the, what's the turbo version, you know? Or like those games called like... 
the pig pee, you know, and it's dropping a quarter into a piggy bank or there's like the dog D or something like that. And it's just like a bunch of really shitty kind of games that it takes you a minute and a half to get the platinum trophy. They're for people who hunt trophies. It's a very, it's a trophy hunting nowadays has it's become less of a challenging type thing and more of like a quantity type thing, right? The more platinum trophies you have, the more cred you have. You know, when I was hunting for trophies, damn dude, I went for the tough ones. Guitar Hero, uh, Guitar Hero Live, Platinum Trophy for that, Rock Band 4, Platinum Trophy for that, you know, uh, and sure, there were still, like, the kind of, like, easier games, like The Walking Dead or something like that that I got, too, but there was a lot of games that I worked really hard to get the Platinum Trophy for, and one of the reasons why I stopped hunting trophies, uh, obviously, there's more reasons than just one, but it's because, like, people were gaining trophies and, like, like, they got, like, 50 Platinum Trophies in a day, and it's like, how did they do that? And it's because... There's these games that are coming out. They're just like, you know, they're they're a dollar ninety nine on the store page, and thousands of people buy them for an easy trophy, and that's it. You know, they, they get the trophies, they delete it. It's it's not a game at all. It's it's barely a game, I should say. And all you do is press X, and you get a trophy. So you know that this this new game has been officially announced. Press X for trophies. Um, you can't buy it just yet, and there is no release date mentioned, but apparently the game is going to be a big criticism of these garbage games that are coming to PlayStation System. You don't see a lot of these, you know, these games don't leak over onto the Switch, and I haven't heard about these games on, on Xbox. It seems like they're targeting trophy hunters in general, and, you know, I've, I, I follow one of the bigger trophy hunters on, on YouTube, and he's even said, like, that, you know, these, these cheapo trophy horror games they just they ruin the 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 art of getting you know the the fun of getting trophies you know when you get so like you know the platinum ding isn't that impressive when you got it in a minute and a half you know what i'm saying so yeah like i said i still want to um you know i still wanted to talk about that on fubar ferret more in depth so i'll probably talk about that in the next episode for sure it's been a hot topic on my mind lately but just know like press x for trophies it's a parody of what's of a, of an, epi, an epidemic that's been going on on the PlayStation Store, and if you see any of these cheap, cheapo plate, you know, trophy whore types games, just stay away from them. They aren't they aren't worth your money. They're definitely not worth the platinum trophy, and it's going to be on your trophy list forever. And people will see that, and uh, I will point and laugh at anyone who has that on their trophy list. Even like the major trophy hunters, if you have fucking the the pig pee on your trophy list, Jesus Christ. All right, let's move on to a real game that's coming soon. Uh, we have a game called Moon Scars. It's a kind of has the same style as Blasphemous. It looks a lot less weighty uh, than Blasphemous. You know, Bla Blasphemous had a very weighty feel to it, um, whereas this game looks very smooth and quick. It has like a pixel art style, kind of like a gothic horror art style. Looks pretty cool. It will be coming to Xbox Game Pass when it releases. Uh, so check, you know, keep keep an eye out for that. It's going to be coming on the 27th of September, 2022. It's a side-scrolling, kind of like a Souls-like experience. You know, as I said, it's, it's in the same vein as, you know, like a Blasphemous or something like that. And it's a game coming from Humble Games as well. So, you know, it's a good, good coming from a good place. The art style is fantastic. It looks really good. It seems like it's going to have a pretty interesting story. Um, so if you want to check that out, there's a, there is a um, uh, trailer on GameSpot Trailer's YouTube channel. The Devil Within is a 2.5D action platformer where you play as a cybernetically enhanced samurai who's infected with demon blood. Uh, this is developed by New Core Games and is coming in 2023. Uh, it has a very uh, cool art style. It kind of looks like an industrial 
kind of art style. I'm not really steampunk. It does. It just kind of looks industrial, you know, like, you know, industrial, maybe like maybe cyberpunkish, you know, um, they showed off, uh, you know, a bunch of enemies that the guy's fighting. He's fighting like this big boss, mechanical kind of bug looking boss. Um, pretty cool stuff. If you want to check out the trailer for this, um, it's, Oh, excuse me. It's on new core games YouTube channel. It looks pretty cool. You know, it looks like it's in the same vein as like, um, fist, Forge and Shadow Torch kind of graphically has the same style. Um, but definitely, uh, I don't think it's a Metroidvania. I think it's just like a straightforward 2D uh, action platformer. But um, if you want to check out more about that, like I said, you can check out the YouTube channel for The Devil Within Satgat. The developers of Owlboy are coming out with a new game, and this time it's a four-player co-op game. It seems to me it's like a, you play like a bunch of mini-games... Um, it is a co-op adventure, but you play like a bunch of mini games. You know, like there's one where the people are flying around with balloons. There's one where they're racing to the finish line. There's a couple where they're kind of like bouncing on enemies and stuff like that. You know, uh, it does have the same art style as Owlboy. And if you don't know what Owlboy is, it's like a pixel art adventure where you play as this character who can't, you know, he can fly. And that's kind of it. You have to pick up people who can do things for you, which is kind of an interesting concept for sure. Um, but this looks definitely, it's, it looks a lot different. Even though it's in the same art style, it's a lot different. It's its, a, it's four different Vikings who are, you know, doing like this party game kind of thing. Looks pretty fun. If you want to check that out, there's a YouTube ch uh, uh, video uh, trailer on IGN's YouTube channel. Um, you can wishlist it on Steam. Now, there's no concrete release date for it yet, though. Kirby's Dream Buffet got a uh, a release date and a new trailer, kind of just you know detailing what you can do in the game. So essentially, the game is going to be you know it's free to play, of course, and there will be three courses you play on. Um, each one is going to have a different challenge, but the same concept: you eat as many strawberries as you can, and the heaviest Kirby at the end of it all wins. Um, so it does have like a Fall Guys kind of flair to it, but it's a little bit different. You know, it's just a little bit different. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. It's not free to play. It's $15, $15. I apologize. I read that wrong, um, but it's going to be coming on the 17th of August. So it's, it's pretty much that it's pretty much around the corner at this point. Uh, so you have a feast with a uh, fun with family and friends and Kirby's dream buffet roll through a smorgasbord of food themed sages in delicious four player competition as a rounder than usual Kirby. Anyone can take a, take the cake in Kirby's dream buffet. The di this digital game is available exclusively for Nintendo switch. So yeah, instead of like eating enemies and stuff like that, you'll be eating strawberries uh, and each court, you know, each state there's like an obstacle course for the first one. Um, there's like a, uh, Man, there's like a bumper car type one for the next one. I know it all ends with like a battle royale type thing where the heaviest Kirby has like a uh, an edge over the other people, but you could still win, you know. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it looks kind of it looks pretty fun. You know, obviously there's a new trailer on Nintendo's YouTube channel, so if you want to check that, yeah, you can. I think it looks kind of fun. Fifteen dollars though, I don't know. I, I feel like it should be it should be uh, you know it should be a free to play game. Um, you know, it, it's got power-ups in there, like, like the tornado ability and stuff like that, so there's a bunch of different foods you can eat, like chilies and carrots and stuff like that, and they kind of give you different abilities while you go through the game. You can activate them and get new abilities, um, and, uh, like I said, you know, the first round is like a, you know, it's, it's, it's like an obstacle course. The second round's like a little, uh, a battle arena, and then the final round is like the final like battle royale where the last Kirby standing, you know, the fattest Kirby standing, I should say, is the winner. And, you know, while you go through it, there's like new hats and stuff you can unlock, new colors, etc., etc. So, yeah, if you want to check that out, um, Nintendo's YouTube channel for Kirby's Dream Buffet. 
All right, here is a hand-drawn Metroidvania called Islets. Um, this is you play as like this, like this cat character uh, in this hand-drawn world. It's a very beautiful-looking game. Definitely looks uh, very beautiful. It's Metroidvania, of course. So you know, there's a lot of different areas to explore. They showed the map off, and it looked huge. Um, you'll be meeting new characters and stuff along the way. You know, kind of it kind of has like that Hollow Knight um, kind of like combat style to it, where you know it's a lot of quick quick combat, quick hits on enemies, no health bars or anything like that above them, um, big bosses that you got to fight and dodge their stuff. There's some cool abilities that they've shown off. One of them was called like this cloud shot that can make a straight line and it can block lasers and stuff like that. It looks pretty cool. Um, obviously, there's going to be a lot of stuff to to get and do in this game. It looks really cool. It's coming pretty much ever, to everything, Xbox, Switch, Steam, uh, not PlayStation, oddly enough. It's not coming to PlayStation yet. Um, but yeah, I thought that looks really cool. It looks really good. If you want to check that out, Islets is there's a YouTube video on Armor Games Studios YouTube channel. All right, here's uh, some more server shutdowns for Xbox 360 games. Um, so we, I've already talked about a few of these, like Assassin's Creed 3, Brotherhood, Revelations, Far Cry 3, Ghost Recon Future Soldier, Rayman Legends, and Splinter Cell Blacklist. The new games that are going to be shutting down uh, later this later in October and November, Driver San Francisco, Army of Two, The 40th Day, and The Devil Cartel. And uh, there's three Command & Conquer games here. Command & Conquer Red Alert 3, Command & Conquer 3 Tiberium Wars, Command & Conquer 3 Kane's Wrath, and Mercenaries 2 World & Flames. All those games are going to be losing online servers and online gameplay uh, October 20th and November 9th. And the rest of them that I, that I listed before... September 1st, those are all going to be being shut down. So if there's anything co-op that you want to do, do it now before it's all gone. Uh, the Army of Two games are, are are surprising to me because those games rely very heavily on online play, two people playing the games. Um, so I guess if you have a friend and you're trying to and you're, you've been trying to get through the game for a while, maybe bug them to, to complete it before October 20th, huh? And we got uh, some games coming to Xbox Game Pass here. Three games are available right now. Uh, so you can play Cooking Simulator on console, PC, and cloud. Expeditions Rome on PC. And Offworld Trading Company on PC as well. If you want to check those out. Um, everyone know, kind of knows what Overcooked is. I played that a lot early on in Twitch, on my Twitch days. Um, it's just, you know, it's just a really goofy, not really goofy, but kind of like a cooking, it's a cooking simulator. It's it's fine. It's fun. I, I enjoyed it. Um, Expeditions Rome is a THQ Nordic game. Uh, you can determine the destiny of Rome as you conquer foreign lands and navigate political intrigue in this turn-based RPG. And then Offworld Trading Company is uh, colonizing Mars. Mars has been colonized. Now Earth's greatest corporate titans have been invited to build companies to support it. The three competition, the, the competition to dominate the market is fierce, and this fast-paced economics RTS from Civilization 4's lead designer, Soren Johnson. So if you want to check that out, it's available on Xbox Game Pass for PC as well. And finally for today, the PlayStation Plus Extra games for the premium tier, extra and premium tiers have been announced. Here's some new games coming in August 2022. I think they're all available now. Uh, we got Bug Snacks, Dead by Daylight, Ghost Recon, Wildlands, Metro, Metro Exodus, Monopoly Madness, Monopoly Plus, Trials of Mana, Uno, Wheel of Fortune, Yakuza Zero, Yaku Yakuza Kiwami, and Yuka Yakuza Kiwami 2. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a good amount of games in here that are different. I mean, Bug Snacks is the highlight here. If you haven't played Bug Snacks, I would highly recommend that. Ghost Recon Wildlands is a dud. Don't play that. 
Metro, Metro Exodus is good, especially the PS5 version, I've heard. Monopoly Plus is a good version of Monopoly, can't deny that. Uno seems to never work, so whatever. Trials of Mana, I think, is a game that a lot of people like. Wheel of Fortune, I mean, it's Wheel of Fortune, whatever. Yakuza 0, uh, people love the Yakuza game, so you can't, you can't bad talk those. The one thing that people are kind of pissed about is there's no new classics added to the service. There's no PS3, PS2, PS1, or PSP titles being added in August, which is kind of crazy. Kind of, kind of crazy for sure. Weird. Kind of weird and crazy. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this adventure in Ferris 64. I do appreciate that. If you want to check me out in the other places, uh, it's all at Yummy the Ferret, whether it be Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram, TikTok, etc., um, if you want to check me out on Twi Twitch, uh, the, the days I stream are Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Right now, we're switching between Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated and Cyberpunk 2077 on the PS5. Pretty exciting. Uh, and then also, the newest The Pixels article that I've written is about Card Shark. If you want to check that out, just go to www.the-pixels.com to check out that. I would really appreciate that. I uh, I've been having a good time doing that. And my next, uh, my next write-up is going to be about a brand new game. So, you know, check that out when it launches. I'm not sure exactly when it's going to be, but uh, I have a time frame for that. So if you want to check that out, it'll come out eventually. But, uh, yeah, right now, Card Shark review up and ready for you to view, to read. All right. That's it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. I am Yemi the Ferret, and this has been Ferret City 4. Thank you for listening. I'll talk at you next week. Bye-bye. The Ferret 64 podcast is owned and edited by Yemi the Ferret. The song Nightshade, used in the intro and outro, is owned by Adhesive Wombat. Small sound clips during the podcast were made by Yemi the Ferret. News sources include NintendoLife.com, PushSquare.com, and PureXbox.com. All opinions video game related are my own. Thank you for listening.